Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Dambi Pillay. When you see headlines like this, it can certainly make it seem that now is a scary time to be entering the property market. That's why today I want to do a deep dive into what's happening in the Australian property market. I have seven charts and tables to go through and my aim is that by the end of this, you'll be able to decide for yourself what's going to happen to the Australian property market. Oh, and later in this video, I'll come back and show you why that headline you just saw is totally misleading. So let's get started by looking at the Core Logic data for last month. So here we have the Core Logic RP Data Daily Home Values Index monthly movements for the month of June. And what you can see is that when you look at all dwellings for the month of June, Sydney property prices rose 1.8%. Now, if you annualize that, that means that if property price growth was to continue at 1.8% every month on average for the next 12 months, you would see growth of 21.6%, which is huge, okay? Now, of course, some people will say, oh, Nero, you can't just annualize one month's worth of data. You've got to add a few months to it, okay? Let's have a look at what happened in the previous month. Here we have the data for May. Property price in Sydney rose 1.8%. Go back another month to April. Property prices rose 1.3%. So over the last three months, which is a quarter of a year, that's price growth of 4.9%. If you annualize that, which is you multiply that by four, you're ending up with price growth around about 19.6%. Again, these growth figures show that the Sydney market is on track for 20% growth or so in these 12 months. Now, I'm not expecting that to happen, and I will explain why as we go through this episode. But for now, I just want you to look at just how strong the growth has been across our various property markets. So that's Sydney. Let's have a look at Melbourne. Last month, growth rate was 0.7%, which was a fall on the previous month data of 0.9%. And previous to that, in April, the Melbourne property market only grew by 0.1%. So for the last three months, growth in Melbourne has been less than 2%. So it's okay, but nothing great. Brisbane, last month, property prices grew 1.4%, which was exactly the same as the previous month, and significantly higher than in April when property prices rose 0.5%. So if you add that up, you get 2.8 plus 0.5, 3.3% growth for the last quarter, annualized over 12% growth. Nothing to sneeze at. Adelaide, property prices last month grew 0.9%, exactly the same as what they did in May at 0.9%, stronger than in April. Perth, 0.9% last month, in May 1.3% growth, in April 0.6% growth. So what you can see from this data is that property price growth is staying relatively consistent across all our different capital cities. I'll come to what's happening in our regional markets in just a moment. But then the question is, well, is this a short-term increase? Is this a slight rise before property prices start to fall further? I mean, after all, how can property prices keep rising 
when interest rates are the highest they've been in over a decade? Well, if you're uncertain about what's going to happen in the property market, this next chart will really give you some confidence. So here we have the calendar year change in national dwelling values from 1982. And the source of this data is CoreLogic. And what you can see here is that property prices have fallen at certain times throughout history. For example, they fell in 1982, then again in 1990, then 1995, 2004, 2008, 2011, 2018, and then again in 2022. But there's two things you want to take away from this chart. First of all, when you look at the last 30 years worth of data, there has never been a period where property prices have fallen for two years consecutively. Secondly, if you look at what happens to property prices generally after a fall, they rise quite significantly. Look at what happened in 1982. Property prices fell by 4.2% and then rose quite significantly. In fact, in 1988, they rose by an astonishing 30.8%. Now remember, these are national dwelling values. So we're looking at across the country, not individual markets here, but it still shows you the trend. Then when property prices fell in 1990, afterwards they rose slightly. Then it, when it fell again, it rose quite significantly afterwards. Okay, so this is happening quite consistently. You see a property prices fall and then they rise more than they fell. That's the key message. I mean, you know this intuitively because property prices on average today are far higher than they were five years ago, 10 years ago, and certainly 30 years ago. So yes, property prices are rising on average across the country. And yes, history is on the side of the property market, but just because it happened before doesn't mean it's gonna happen again, right? Past performance is no real indicator of what's gonna happen in the future. So the question then is, if property prices are rising as the data shows on average across the country, then why? Why are they rising when we've had so many interest rate rises? Well, have a look at this. This is a summary of the real estate market, again, from CoreLogic. And what they say is, the trend in advertised supply helps to explain the rebound in housing values. The number of capital city homes advertised for sale over the four weeks ending June 25th was almost 20% lower than at the same time last year. And remember how much lower interest rates were back then, okay? And it's 26.4% below the average for this time of the year. Regional listings also trended lower through the month, tracking 32.9% below the previous year average. So the fact is, people who own homes are just not selling right now. But then you've got buyers who are still very, very aggressive in the market. Despite low inventory levels, the estimated volume of home sales is roughly in line with the previous five-year average. When I first read this, I started really scratching my head because I thought, hold on, how can sales be roughly in line with the previous five-year average when the number of homes advertised for sale is 26.4% below the average. And what it actually shows you is that essentially anything that's coming on the market right now in good areas is selling very, very quickly. There's massive demand from buyers. Buyers are still able to afford the properties that are on the market, and that's what's driving property prices higher. Demand is higher than supply, as this data is showing you. 
The recovery trend is occurring across relatively thin volumes. Although home sales are around average levels, available supply is well below. It is this disconnect between available supply and demonstrated demand that is driving housing values higher, Mr. Lawless from CoreLogic said. Auction clearance rates across the combined capitals held in the high 60% range through June in stark contrast to late last year when clearance rates were generally below 60%. Outside of auction markets, and this is important, vendors have become less flexible on their price expectations with capital city discounting rates tightening from 4.3% late last year to 3.6% in June, Mr. Lawless again said. So what that shows you is that sellers are less and less likely to, to entertain a discount when having their property on the market. And as someone who analyzes data, one of the key indicators I'm looking for is vendor discounting. Whenever the average vendor discount starts to decrease, it shows you that the property prices in that area are more than likely rising already or going to rise in the near future. So can this change? And if so, how can it change? Well, essentially in only one of two ways. Either number one, you have a lot of mortgage holders defaulting on their mortgage and flooding the market with properties. And there are plenty of people out there who'll tell you that's what's going to happen. But the data simply shows that isn't the case. Average default rates are still at record lows, which means that most mortgage holders are still being able to afford their properties, especially homeowners. So if you're not gonna see a flood of properties because of people defaulting on, on their home loans, it's just not going to happen. Well, what's the only other way you could see lots of properties coming onto the market? Well, if builders and developers start releasing lots and lots of properties. So is that likely to happen? Well, have a look at these charts. What you can see here is we have a chart that shows dwelling completion. So the number of properties being completed versus population change. And the source for this data is the Australian Bureau of Statistics and the 2023 federal budget. And what you can see is the red line, first of all, is our population change. It reduced drastically during the pandemic, but then has started to increase quite substantially. And as you can see from 2022 to 2025, it's expected to stay quite strong. But look at the blue line, which is the number of dwellings being completed, the number of properties, that could be both apartments or actual freestanding houses, that blue line is actually coming down. So in other words, we're building less and less houses at a time when our population is increasing faster and faster. And this isn't likely to change anytime soon. In fact, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, ABS, the number of loans issued for the purchase or construction of a new home plunged to a record low in April, down 74% from the January 2021 peak. And as you can see from this chart, the blue line shows just how drastically housing construction loans have reduced. Many buyers are just not willing to go through a construction phase, especially with interest rates rising. They're not sure how much their monthly payments are going to be. They're also not sure how long it's going to take for the builder to complete the project. And so because they're not buying new homes, they're actually going to buy more established homes. And that's why existing homes, established homes, are the ones that are rising in value a lot more. And 
this crisis that we have with not enough homes in Australia is not going to be changing anytime soon because we don't have enough construction in Australia for our growing population. And you can see that here from the dwelling approvals in Australia. Again, this source is from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And what you can see here is that whether it's houses, the red line, or units and apartments are the blue lines, approvals are falling dramatically. And this is the problem that we have in Australia. Not enough properties available for our growing population. So despite interest rates rising, property prices are going to keep rising. The only questions are how much and where? Because this trend is not the case everywhere. Have a look at this chart from CoreLogic, which is the home value index change in values. What you can see is if you look at New South Wales, Sydney, the dark blue line rising significantly. Regional New South Wales on average, not doing so well. In Victoria, Melbourne, dark blue line doing well, rising, but regional markets in Victoria, really not doing so well at all. Queensland, both Brisbane and regional markets are quite strong. In South Australia, Adelaide is doing well, but regional markets on average are doing better than Adelaide. In Western Australia, you've got Perth doing well, regional market sort of doing okay. So what that tells you is, yes, property prices are rising in general, but they're not rising everywhere. So someone who tells you, oh, property prices are going to crash, or property prices are going to struggle because I know three or four of my mates, they're probably focusing on one individual suburb that may not do so well, or one individual area that may not do so well. So you've got to be careful because you don't want to take the advice of someone who's a negative Nelly and telling you that property prices are going to crash based on what's happening in their local area when there are other areas that are going to do really, really well. At the same time, you also don't want to just buy blindly thinking, oh, because property prices on average are rising in Australia, you can buy anywhere. That's not the case either. You need to be careful with your property area selection. You need to be doing your due diligence. And if we now go back to the article that I showed you at the very beginning, you'll see now why those sorts of headlines are very, very misleading. One in 10 Sydney and Melbourne property sellers cop losses as rate hikes bite. The first paragraph says, more than one in 10 home sellers in some of Australia's biggest cities made a loss on their property sale in the March quarter. Now, mind you, that's March, okay? This article is coming out in June, but it's talking about March data. And if you sort of looked at the charts that I showed you earlier on, you'll know that the property market sort of hit a bottom in January, February. So this article is actually talking about outdated data. That's the first thing that you want to be aware of when you're looking at these, these sort of clickbait-based articles. But let's keep going. Loss-making sales in Melbourne are at their highest level in almost 25 years. CoreLogic's latest pain and gain re report shows as 10.2% of vendors resold for a loss last quarter. So that means 10% resold for a loss. What about the other 90%? What if this article turned around and said 90% of homeowners sold their property for what they purchased it for or again. That would completely change the emotional sentiment of this article, right? So again, you've just got to be wary of what these articles are saying and what their motivation is. Meanwhile, 13.8% of Perth sellers made a loss. Though this was below the decade average, Brisbane bucked the trend and had only 4.3% of sales at a loss. So those figures seem to make out that entire markets are struggling, but then you gotta look into the detail, and this is where you'll see exactly what's happening to the property market. 
apartment owners were more likely to sell at a loss as 15.4% of units resold for a price cut compared to just 3.8% for houses, which is a record gap between the two. Now this climbed to 21.9% of apartments in Melbourne and 17.5% in Sydney, while only 2.4 and 2.3% of houses in each respectively sold at a loss. So that means that if you look at the housing market in our bigger cities, nearly 98% of them are selling for at least what they purchased for or higher. There's a real disconnect between the apartment market and the housing market. I know I just shared a lot of data with you. So what's the takeaway message? The message is that property prices on average are rising across the country, but not everywhere. You do need to do your due diligence. For example, my property portfolio has risen about 10% or so since February based on bank valuations. Some of my clients' properties have done even better than, than that, okay? And I think what you're going to see is that more and more property investors who bought property in 2023 will be celebrating their gains in early 2024, while more and more people who wanted to wait and see will look back with regret at the missed opportunity. Hi, it's Nero here again, and thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, and you're looking for a full blueprint on how to invest in property to gain a passive income, then go to Nero Book, that's N-I-R-O Book, B-O-O-K, go to nerobook.com.au to get a free copy of my book, Wake Up Wealthier, How to Build a Property Portfolio That Pays You an Income each and every month. Now, I used to sell this book for $47, but for a limited time, I'm giving you both the digital version and the audio version totally for free. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because I want to give more people a chance to get this information. Plus, I also know that a certain number of you, when you go through the book, will like what you see and you'll reach out um, to find out more about our future services. But even if you don't, that's okay because the book itself is a full blueprint about how to build a property portfolio that pays your passive income even if you've never invested before. So if that's what you want, then go to nerobook.com.au to get your free version of the book while you still can.